co-host there, didn't 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 you guys? I did too. You caught me by surprise there. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited. I am so excited to be back in Studio A here at the KCOU Studios down at the basement of the Student Center. Got a lot of talked about. Got a lot of fun stuff today. Be talking NHL playoffs. We haven't talked a lot of hockey on the show, so I'm excited to get back into it. Some NBA playoffs as well. Talk some Boston Marathon. And Abigail has prepared for me a little NBA trivia show at the end of this. You know, I was a I was a Scholar Bowl player back in the day, and I was known for my sports prowess, mostly because most people in Scholar Bowl don't really watch sports. So I was looked upon as, like, some sporting legend because I knew who, like, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard was. So, you know, but... Anyway, Abigail, let's uh, let's dive into some headlines. Um, I I know you wanted to talk about the Boston Marathon. It's not something that I've ever been really into, but you know you're a runner, former cross country legend in Dubuque, Iowa. So I don't know why don't, why don't you give us a rundown of what what down at the Boston Marathon? <laughs> rundown, get it? I don't even know if you but tried I'm that pun, but you're just just that good with it. I'm Blaise. just like that, okay? Yeah, honestly, I have been following the professional running scene really for the past three, four years. Like Blaze said, I ran cross country in high school. I was not the legend. Shout out Leah Klaptowskis. She is really the legendary holder of the Klaptowskis name at senior high school. But definitely grew my appreciation for running and the professional just names to follow. And it really makes it more exciting because suddenly when you're watching these road races in between the four year Olympic cycle, you have more skin in the game because you're watching these people compete once a month at all the track races and then all the road races and then the cross country. It's just, it's super, super exciting. It's a really fun industry. There's also just so much innovation happening in the running scene really within the last several years, led in strong part by Elliot Kachogi. And we'll get to him in just a second, but so much innovation in shoe design and technology and wind resistance training and tracking and all of the kinds of things to really maximize the human feet that is running. And it's just, it's really, really cool. So anyway, all of that to say, I got up 8.30, was watching the Boston Marathon. Shout out ESPN for live streaming it. Very cool. Very strong coverage of that. Really great. And they had strong coverage of the wheelchair races, men's and women's elite, and all of the um, other racers and competitors. So that was really cool. Full day of coverage. Lots of really interesting stories. Blaze, if you would have asked me before the Boston Marathon, who do I think is going to win in the men's elite race? I definitely would have said Elliot Kachogi without a doubt. And in fact, he took sixth place. It was wow. really, really shocking to everyone. If you're not aware, Elliot Kachogi um, in a non-traditional <laughs> marathon actually broke the human record of running a marathon in sub two hours. That was for the EOS Classic. It was kind of a race manufactured for him to attempt to break that record. But on actual road races, he's also broken several course records. So he was definitely the name to watch. And in fact, like I said, took sixth place. Really, really crazy. He lost to returning champion Evan Shabet, who raced a really, really, really strong race. Here's what I loved about Shabet. He was controlled the entire time. He didn't fight his body against the competition. He just fought his body against the course. There were a lot of other men in that elite field towards the front of the pack who were absolutely racing against their competition and really letting the pace kind of dictate their strategy. And that really, truly did not work out for them. I throw out Connor Mance as a great example. Young American runner, had a pretty strong race, but really you could just tell was struggling so far in the first several miles. He was just out of his league. And 
you could see that physically on his face and his arms and his legs. It's okay not to start in the low 60 splits when that's not your regular pace. And I thought Chabet just did a really, really excellent job of controlling the field. Who else? Who else stuck out to you, Blaze? I've got more notes, but I gotta take a breath. You know, you know, <laughs> I, I was just gonna, I was gonna let you keep going. We can talk. Uh, you can talk Boston Marathon for the first fifteen minutes if you like. This is this is this is quite fun to talk about. Um, who's who? Who did stand out to me? I think the whole. What about the? Per- could I just? If you're not following our social media. Right now, you should go check Mixed Doubles Instagram because Blaze, first of all, Blaze does a great job with all of our social media graphics, but he chose not the best picture of American runner okay. Emma Bates I, for the graphic. I, I, I would would you like, like to talk to her and kind of give her some credit back? Uh, no, yeah. I, I She's an absolute legend in, in you know, sort of marathon running. I mean, she's what? the One of like the top three fastest American marathon runners like ever. So like, you know, that's that's pretty epic. I just want to say... Though, if I'm on her PR team, I would have gotten like a professional headshot done that shows up at the very top of Google Images like every other athlete that I looked up did. And so I was sitting there. I was doing this in class on my phone. Don't do that in school, kids. But I I did it. And (laughs) I, I, I was sitting there just, you know, trying to get it done. And I was like, well, I guess this is what we're rolling with. This is the only thing I could find. So. I, I would like to sincerely apologize, and I hope that you know she doesn't run over here in record time. And you know that's the that's the sound of what it would sound like to smack me upside the head. But I appreciate you getting her face out there, <laughs> get her name out there as well. We're promoting our big Emma Bates fans. Yes. Anyway, as Blaze referenced, her two twenty two ten Boston Marathon finishing time marks her as the second fastest female American marathon runner ever. Which is crazy impressive in its own right. Her personal best coming into Boston was 223.18. Here's the interesting thing about Emma Bates. Coming into the race, she was really putting it out there that she could take it the entire race. She could win it all. Which, hey, I'm all for manifesting. I think you have to have that kind of confidence when you're approaching an elite field. Like, yeah, you got to put your standards high. However, like I said, her personal best was 223.18. There were five other women in the field, all boasting a sub-218 marathon time. (laughs) That's about five-minute differential. I don't know where that confidence completely takes her there, but, I mean, clearly she has a lot of guts. She had a lot of guts throughout the race to stick with that front pack. I felt like maybe her confidence got a little bit of the best of her because definitely between the 20... K, 20 to like 25K, she was almost kind of leading the front pack. I don't know why you're doing that. I think you stick behind Obiri. Let mm-hmm. Obiri push the pace. Make Obiri run the race the fastest that she's going to do. You don't need to be the challenger who's setting the pace for the entire front pack, especially when time-wise you are not the fastest runner there. You don't need to tire yourself out by leading the pack in which that you don't need to lead. And I felt like that was maybe a little bit of her Achilles heel, although... I think fifth place was really kind of the finish that she deserved and was probably going to get either way. So whether or not she leads, I don't know if that changes her eventual outcome, but I was surprised to see her not even in that front wolf pack, but at the very, very front of it. Wow. It's an interesting strategy. Very, very bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how that one plays out. Well, we're going to move from one Bates to another Bates, and that is Indiana shooting guard Tamar Bates, who you can scratch off that Indiana he is going to be a Mizzou Tiger in 2023. Got a new transfer coming in for Dennis Gates and the guys. Woot. Very excited. He's going to join Aiden Shaw, Nick Honor, Sean East, along with incoming class of 2023 players Jordan Butler and Trent Pierce. Abigail, 
How excited are you now that we've gotten the first of what I hope to be a few transfers coming into the program? Definitely really excited. We suffered a couple weeks there with a lot of kind of a mass exodus away from the program, which was a little bit shocking seeing just how successful Gates was this year. I was surprised a few of the players left when they did. And of course, you had some seniors graduating. So it's exciting to see our roster getting replenished a little bit. He's definitely got the height. He fits in with Gates' offensive strategy well. Um, Strong shooting from the exterior also can put up a lot of points in the paint. So I'm excited. I'm he's not the like I actually don't know what star rating he is, but I don't believe he's I a be- five star pickup. I, I believe he was I believe he was pretty big, but I think, you know, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Yeah. You know, you get those hometown guys who are four stars and those are basically five stars because then it's like, yeah, hometown kid baby, let's go. I just get a little bit nervous with any Indiana Big Ten basketball. I just I have that prejudice. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I think I think you know he never could really seem to get it like going in the way that a lot of people thought he would on a really talented Indiana roster. I think he just had a lot of talent in front of him. I think a lot of a lot of those guys. Caleb Love was kind of the same way, where it's like you get this highly touted prospect and you surround him with a lot of talent. It could be hard to you know sort of cut into like that. That sort of scenario. Yeah. He put up six one and one in twenty point or twenty minutes per game last season. Uh six point one rebound, one assist. I I I, <clears throat> I think he's a great fit based on just his ability to like move off ball and move quickly. So, you know, if if you know, depending on who our point guard is next year, that'll be very, very useful having a guy who can, you know, move around the arc, make some moves. And he's like I said, he's very fast. I think this kind of up-tempo play is exactly what Dennis Gates wants and exactly what Mizzou needs. You know, we got to replace a lot of quick guys like Demoy Hodge, and uh, you know, we've got a we got a big boy coming in from the from our center class to to replace Trey Million. So I'm I'm very excited for uh, for Tamar Bates to, to join this team. Absolutely. With the point guard discussion, I'm kind of curious if they bring in someone to play off of Nick Honor or if Nick Honor will be P guard point guard one from the get-go I kind of like when they play a more in a wing setting kind of mobilize his ability along the curve he's certainly a strong leader has really good directional talent and awareness of the court I like to see him kind of off the point guard because I think that his dribbling is actually almost more advantageous to the offense as a whole when he doesn't have to be leading the entire offense from the top of the key yeah but we'll see. Also, I heard Caleb Grill's name kind of being thrown around. So that's I, an interesting I, I also dynamic. also heard his name getting called around a lot. Like, I, I was reading an article to sort of read up on Tamar Bates and how he's been doing. And they mentioned, you know, the move to Mizzou. And people started mentioning that, like, you know, Gr- Grills is going to be basically a part of our point guard lineup. And I was like, I was like, I mean, nothing's been, like, officially no, announced not at yet. all. But, I mean, hey, it, it, if there is some insider knowledge that, that the boy is coming to, to, coming to Mizzou then I, I'll take it. That'd be awesome. But I don't know. I, it's going to be a very interesting year. I feel like we did overachieve a little bit this year. So I feel like, I don't know, if Mizzou only went, ends up winning like 20 games, how the fan base will kind of react to, you know, not reaching the same highs as we did last year. So temper your expectations, folks. Speaking of uh, tempering our expe- that horrible transition. Anyway, moving on to NFL news. Jalen Hurts, he got a bag. He got an absolute bag. He got more than a bag. He got a he got a like a knapsack full of, of cash from the Philadelphia Eagles. Five years, two hundred and fifty-five million dollar contract with that Philadelphia Eagles team. They just made it to the Super Bowl. 
kind of seemed like this was a this was this was going to be coming down the pipeline pretty soon. So, yeah, no huge bag, highest average annual value at fifty one million dollars a year ever recorded in NFL history. Abigail, what stuck out to you with this deal, and is Jalen Hurts overpaid? I don't think he's overpaid at all. Also, there's a no trade clause in his contract, which I think is really, really interesting and a very strong move on the Eagles front office part to say we want you and we are keeping you for those entire five years. I also think it lays a lot of trust in their quarterback. I love that, especially because it's Hurts. We're not talking about Russell Wilson. I would not like if they added a no trade clause, but this is Hurts. I'm really excited. He's an all-female PR team. I'm trying to pull up the link and my Wi-Fi is not working, but I wanted to brag on his agent for a minute. Her name is escaping me. Absolutely amazing job in securing Hertz first as a client and then just really, really uh, negotiating on his behalf to secure this deal. Yeah. There are not a lot of women on the scene in the sports marketing agency level at that level, not because there aren't women capable of such, but just not able to break down those barriers yet. She's really helping that movement. So shout out her. If I can pull up the link later, I'll mention her name. I, b- I believe the quote from Jalen Hurts was, I wanted to surround myself with hustlers and I've I've got some dogs, which is just, you know, they, they, they really did hustle here, in my opinion, because this was probably the second or third most like eye-popping NFL contract I've ever seen. But I believe it's deserved. He had three 1,701 passing yards with 22 touchdowns and six interceptions to go along with 760 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. If you're keeping track at home, that's 35 touchdowns in 2022. I know it's only been one season. 2021 was kind of an interesting year for you, for for him. But I'm not going to lie. He passes the eye test. He looks like probably the best dual threat quarterback ever because he can actually pass the ball. He is very accurate at passing the ball. And yes, he's got these big name weapons and they're going to be a lot harder to pay now that he's making $50 million a year or however they finagle the salary to make it like, oh, the cap hit is actually only $20 million. But I think it'll be interesting to see how the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman continue to uh, to tool this team around Jalen Hurts, especially with a big, big contract like that. So now, uh, Abigail, my, my last question to you, I see you've Get the article pulled up, but um, along with along with the information that you have for us that I think is pretty cool. Um, if you're the Bengals or the Chargers, Ooh. they're looking at this deal. They've got to re-sign Joe Burrow slash Justin Herbert. Are you going to pay him fifty million dollars a year? Because that's probably what they're going to want. I don't think so because the Bengals just invested so much in their offensive line. I don't know if they have fifty million over five years that they can give up. And I'm less, I think Herbert needs one more season to prove his worth. We kind of said coming into the season of McStubbles that Hurts' third year was really his time, his make it or break it season, if you will. I think Herbert is still afforded one more year um, to see if the kind of magic of his season doesn't wear off. So I'm not giving him 50 mil right now. He's got to win the division. You got to win the division at least once if you want $50 million a year. Burrow. You know, he did make the Super Bowl. He may have, lot, you know, kind of a similar situation. I would definitely pay him $50 million a year if I had the money, of course. There you go. Uh, just quick shout out. Her His agent's name is Nicole Lynn. And interestingly, in an article about Hertz, she said, described him as a mixture of Kobe Bryant and Beyonce. Kobe Bryant for his skill and Beyonce for his stardom yet elusiveness in his public personality. And I just think that really encapsulates Jalen Hurts. I think it, it, that, that's honestly, I didn't think about the whole elusive personality thing. But he does kind of have that. You don't really see a lot from him. He's not yeah. out there. He's pretty humble. You don't really see what 
he doesn't talk about himself much. He leaves his skill to kind of be proven on the field. He's a pretty big philanthropic player. I think he's cool. Yeah, he's also got a lot of swag. So I mean, he's always coming to the he's always coming to to games dripped out. He's like the Russell Westbrook of the uh, the NFL. And we'll get to Russell Westbrook in like I can't do ma- fifteen minutes. But first, we're gonna talk about the NHL playoffs. We'll be talking about some hockey right after the break. As a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan. VA.org really helps. It's a network of vets like me. Whether navigating the GI Bill or managing the transition home, we've got your back. Join our community at IAVA.org. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan, Veterans of America, and the Ad Council. Hello, car of teenagers. If you don't mind, I'm only going to broadcast this out of the speaker on the passenger side so we can talk in private. Okay, now that we're alone, what's with your friend's driving? Is he always this reckless? You should say something, something witty. Uh, Make a joke about the airbag or something. Hearses are funny, too. You could make a joke about hearses. Uh, driver, just so you know, we're totally not talking about you. He suspects nothing. Brought to you by the Ad Council and SpeakUpOrElse.com. Go to KCOU.FM to listen live. Check us out on Facebook.com slash KCOU 88.1 and on Twitter at Twitter.com slash KCOU. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to uh, to mixed doubles. Where are you going? We got, we got your microphone. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. We are we are back on mixed doubles. We're going to be talking about some NHL playoffs. Abigail, though, you said you wanted to uh, shout out one more thing about the Boston Marathon. This yes. seems to be the, the Boston Marathon episode. I just have so much information. I got so excited. I forgot the one American woman who did win the race. Susanna Scaroni won her first Boston Marathon wheelchair race after finishing second last year. Most impressive about her entire race was she actually had to stop mid-race to adjust the wheel alignment. Thank goodness it wasn't a complete flat tire. But that definitely shaved off a couple seconds. Thankfully for her, she was several minutes ahead of the next competitor. So shout out Scaroni, holding the American flag up way high. Congratulations to her. All right, now we can get into NHL. Yeah, God bless America. We're joined in, <laughs> we are joined in studio with Tyler Kading. Tyler, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. It's really fun to just be sitting out there and then, hey, do you want to be on the radio? So... Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> We're trying a new Let's segment called yeah. pulling random yeah, just pulling, guests. Pulling and... random people from this the hallway and hey, you're on the air now. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh. it, since since Tyler is our is our great programming director here, we we had to clear it through him. Luckily, yeah. Tyler was able to approve <laughs> our request to have Tyler on the show. So. Yeah, that was a really difficult one. That was a long thought-out process. <laughs> if lot. you've been listening to Mixed Doubles for a minute, you realize we A, don't talk about NHL very often, and B, when we do, I mean, basically Blaze and I are the all-time experts of hockey and tennis, clearly. Oh, clearly. And so so we thought, you know, why not share expertise with someone else? Just Is this kidding. just not a complete tennis show? Oh, you know, I thought this was just a tennis sh- show. We keep that under. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's you know, we don't want the we don't want the the the. Uh, Professional Tennis Association knowing that we're not actually talking about tennis on the show. I, I don't think it is either. It's like the it's like the ATP or something. I don't know. To be fair, I did look up tennis topics for today. I was like, maybe this will be our time to throw an obligatory tennis topic. No news, Man. except for like some Russian tennis players from Belarus aren't getting to play, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but that's tough. That's about it. Well, anyway, NHL hockey. It's been going kind of crazy lately. Um, first up, 
The Seattle Kraken won their first franchise playoff game. Um, Abigail wrote down that they are 35-1-3 whenever they are leading after the second period. So, I mean, hey, you know, they know how to close some games. They beat the Avalanche 3-1. to Adam Buzak's Avalanche taking a fall here. Oh, no, not oh, the Avalanche. <laughs> not the Avalanche, please. Tyler, you know, Seattle Kraken making a big statement. We that, gotta... That's so cool. I mean, realistically, because what the Knights did three years ago, that I mean, that will never happen again. Oh, yeah. What the Knights did yeah. making the finals in their first year. But seeing a team, they're, what, three years old, I think? Three, Something four like years that. old? Yeah. Like, that's a really quick turnaround, given how bad that roster was at the expansion. And the whole point that they had was to have a bad roster at the expansion. Yeah. Can you talk the- about why that's so impressive for such a young team to make it to the playoffs I- and then win? Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's necessarily it being a young team, it being the process that they did, and everyone learned from the Knights. The Knights were able to completely blow apart a flawed process because teams didn't know how to work the expansion drafts. Yeah. yeah. And were able to get sure. essentially an all-star roster. Year one. Year one, yeah. The Kraken weren't afforded that possibility, and the couple players that they were afforded in that possibility that had like high cap hits and stuff like that, they chose not to do. They chose to give themselves the flexibility, and they chose to make it a three, four-year rebuilding plan. And that's essentially what it was, even though it was all new players, was just a three-year rebuilding plan. You're yeah. finally seeing the fruits of that labor about as quick as you possibly could have seen it. Yeah, that patience that's paid re- off. That's really impressive. And the guys over there, they've done an absolutely fantastic job um, with the scraps that they were given or I guess chose to take in the expansion draft. And they've also they've also managed to really like I don't know, get a city that I didn't really think would be like a super hockey city to really care mm-hmm. about this team, especially with how bad they were like year one. Helps having a really, really state of the art stadium after the, what hap- after what happened with um Kiarina. True. Back in the nineties. Very, very true. My only problem with them, the Kraken logo is so cool, the octopus sea monster, but their actual mascot is like a troll. Oh. It does not match the branding. That they could change that in the, the next red, couple of times. The Red Wings' actual mascot is an octopus. So see, that's, sounds like there's a tra- uh-huh. Sounds like there's a trade in order. Yes. If they win the Stanley Cup, I would like that to be their next mission. Right? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And we also had some other really, really exciting games. Uh, Minnesota beat Dallas in two overtimes after a Hartman goal for the ages. Abigail, how how? Uh, are, are we count- read it as you wrote it, are we, please. Are we counting? Okay, sorry. How screwed are <laughs> is my rev- my roommate Kevin's beloved stars? I mean, pretty bad. Minnesota should be the best hockey team in the country. Can I just hot take? Aren't they like the best for hockey in general? Like as, like a, state? Like as, as a, state? a state, climate wise. Yeah. Do the t- stars ever do anything well in the playoffs? No, especially after two OTs. That game was interesting. I think they're screwed. We'll see. I have to do the obligatory Dallas literally has an all-star team every single game. Yeah. For like every sport and then they just... No, just for hockey. Their team is literally all stars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I uh-huh. get it. All right. Um, that was the, great. Another, another, big, another big hockey topic too. The very scary Tampa Bay Lightning winners of two Stanley Cups in a row. They started a playoff run. They had a very interesting regular season. Kind of was disappointing compared to previous years. But they they started their playoff run with a bang, beating Toronto 7-3 to for a team cursed by losing every first-round playoff series for like, what it, I, it's like 20. I like that you literally wrote like 20 years. It's, it, it's like a long time. We were talking about this in between breaks of the Mizzou softball game, talking about the Maple Leafs, and they just 
not good. Not a not a good time to be a Maple Leafs fan. Oh how, no, not the Maple Leafs. Yeah, but like how how def, how deflating is this though? Like game one, it I really, guess it's not that deflating if it's kind of inevitable. The I know, fans but see it coming. You know, with with Austin Matthews, this seemed like this seemed like this was the year where people were starting to be like, all right, the Maple Leafs, they're gonna do it this year, please and. What happened? What I, happened, Tyler? I feel like the Leafs are now at that point where their fans are no longer upset when they just get <laughs> annihilated in the playoffs. So that franchise is the funniest thing ever. It, that franchise is so unbelievably hilarious year in and year out. It's awesome. It's 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 just such an interesting case study of like no matter what you do fate is just inevitable and it just seems like the fate here <laughs> is so is for is for the Tampa Bay Lightning to uh to I don't know win the first round series against the Maple Leafs and then lose in the second round because I don't have I don't have faith in their roster this year. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the New York Mets. Mm, oh interesting. yeah that's that's they, a, that's they a are great the comparison. New York Mets. That's that's what it is. All right, what about LA Kings versus the Oilers? They scored with 17 seconds left in the third period to send the Kings to OT, won it off a power play from Alex LaFalo. Who do you like in that series? I mean, it's hard to pick against the best player in the world and probably the second best player in the world. That's um, true. And that's what that's what Edmonton has. Then again, Edmonton's another team that's just absolutely hilarious year in, year out, because they're never able to win despite the second coming of Wayne Gretzky being on their roster. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Edmonton's not going to win the Stanley Cup. They will always find a way to choke it away at the end because, again, that organization makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. However, I feel like they should be able to get past the Kings. No, they definitely should. This really I, seemed. Did they, you think that was just kind of an exception to I the rule? Would I would hope so. For Fair for their sake, I would hope so because that is a more talented roster in Edmonton. Again, 100%. You it kind of felt McDa- like the Kings got McDavid lucky in the end of the third period. Yeah. Yeah. And the Kings are another team that's very young. This is going to be a growing process for them. Dem- again, them being here is impressive. Yeah, I, them being I, here is impressive. I completely agree. And like you said, Abigail, it kind of seemed like a calamity of errors plus a little bit of luck for the Oilers. Let this happen. I mean, giving up the power play, the power play goal in overtime was just absolutely deflating. So I don't know. I I I like Edmonton in this series. So let's let's go around the table real quick. Got the Stanley Cup Finals coming up on the horizon in a couple weeks. Who you got so far? After what you've seen from the first round, I saw I went to Boston last summer and was just kind of in that sports scene. It's a really cool city, and met with a lot of people who just love the Bruins. Lots of Bruins basketball, baseball caps. I'm I'm taking them. I mean, they have they have the record, right? Yeah, it's, it's, most, a chalk pick. Most it's a chalk points. Pick. Um, it's a I mean, it's a fair pick. My problem with picking any team in the East right now is the fact that the East is going to tear itself apart. Yeah. How so? There's a lot of really, really good teams. There's, yeah, there's, in the there's, East. Yeah. Um, that's my problem. With you mean pick- the Maple Leafs? <laughs> They're coming out for revenge. There are seven really, really good teams <laughs> in the East. Um, that's my problem with picking Boston, though. Is I don't know if they even get to the final because yeah. it's going to be an incredibly not on their own accord. Just gonna, who they're going to face. It's going to be an incredibly rough path to get to the final. And obviously, hockey being as physical of a game as it is, they're going to be worn down by the time they True. get to that point. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to say Dallas. I like Dallas. I think it's a little bit of an off-the-wall pick, but I don't know. The Bruins are the best team in the league. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very clear. I just don't know if I could pick them to win the Cup because I don't, the East is going to be such a mess yeah. by the time you get to the final that I want to I pick a Western Conference team. Fair enough. Hey, I'm, screw, I'll go Dallas. I'll go I'm, Dallas. I'm, gonna go, I'm also going to go a little interesting pick here. Give me. I think. I think by the end of this 
the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're going to start calling Connor McDavid Connor McDog because he will be lifting the Stanley Cup at the end of it all. Just because I don't know. I this is good vibes. Good vibes around that team. I really I really do think that this that is, is the, the only time anyone has ever said that about the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> I don't know. Blaze likes any opportunity to call anyone a dog. Like we I think if you've listened back to our last five episodes, you you've made that comparison. I think I've called myself a dog at one point, but Yeah. Isn't the Bruins mascot a dog? I don't know. Actually, you know, this might lead to this might lead to a pick change here because if 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 it's if it is in fact that they just are the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, a bear. Is that their dog or a bear? Bulldog looking thing. Blades. It's okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. Let me see the is Mascot. notable because he is the only known bear who does not hibernate. There you okay, go. Okay, so that's definitely not a dog. It's a bear. It kind of looks like a dog. There's some mascot in the, in the NHL that's a dog. What I think. even is a Bruin? A bear. Oh, it, oh, it is. Yeah, a, no, I it don't is a bear. like him. It He's kind of freaky. He doesn't have um, enough teeth. I'm, okay, I'm not so are you changing blades. your pick then? Mm, two years ago, Abigail Wood. Based on mascot, but I've, I've grown and matured, so I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna stick to it. Oh my god! As Blaze is sitting here trying to figure out which team has the dog mascot, to I pick know, them to win I the know. Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah. Well, you know. Tyler, thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so, thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to break here, but yeah, Tyler, you definitely have that dog in you for for coming on here and talking about hockey. Hockey. You really helped. Oh good, us I'm gonna win the Stanley Cup. Awesome. Yeah. Whatever whatever team Tyler gets signed to in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's the team that's winning it. Anyway. We're going to move to a quick break here. Thank you so much, Tyler, for coming on, and thank you guys for listening. We're going to be talking about NBA playoffs in the next segment. We'll see you in a second. Culture, KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually. Just as all of us do. FM, Columbia, Missouri. KCOU thanks its listeners, sponsors, and Kaffir Berlin for their support of this station. Kaffir Berlin offers locally sourced brunch and cocktails from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. with live music at night in downtown Columbia, unique waffle and drink specials weekly, plus a wide variety of vegan and vegetarian options. Additional information can be found at Cafe Berlin Como on Instagram. We'd like to do for you side one from our latest album. This is called 2112. Hello, everybody. Well, you know, maybe it's my fault that I, I thought that this was just going to be the, the regular version of the song. But hey, you know, it's really strange. I was waiting for the beat to drop and nothing I, really came. I, I'd like I'd like to sincerely apologize to all my listeners for uh, this is also a 15 minute song. Good man. That's OK. We got them riled rock. up just to. Rock, they're cheering man. for us. That yes, applause that, yeah, was for the concert that, version of mixed doubles. I don't think. I don't think there was any applause. I think it was just <laughs> one or two wild. Like, yeah, okay, Woo! let's go. Thanks, Rush. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of Russian, we might be rushing to get through all the NBA playoff storylines. Lots of games. Lots of storylines. We're gonna kind of roll through the big ones. Not so much focus on the games because there's a lot of interesting stories in the NBA that I think need to be talked about more so than 
hey, the Celtics blew out the Hawks, big whoop. That's what a lot of these first round playoff series are. Yeah. There's there's like a few that interest me, and then there's a few that are just like. So anyway, two um, episode streak of Blaze snoring, snoring. on air. Yes. Let's I'm not sorry, make I'm it a, three. That I, can be it. That I'm, can a sli- be it. I'm a sleepy boy. What can I say? What the heck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk. Let's talk some basketball. Um. First off, the big storyline is we've got a lot of injuries oh, going down. Tyler, this one scared me. Tyler Harrow went down. Giannis Antetokounmpo went down. John Morant went down. We're going to focus on the latter there. Giannis got hurt. Bucks went down 0-1. Jaw got hurt. Grizzlies went down 0-1. Giannis had a little bit of a lower back contusion. It seems like he's going to be doubtful for game two. Jaw, he bruised his hand in the regular season, then came down hard on it. In game one against the Lakers, that one did not look very good as well. Seems like he's a game time decision, but to me, that just seems like, hey, we're just going to try to keep the Lakers guessing here on whether Jaw's going to play or not. Obviously, a 0-1 hole hurts for both of these teams. Abigail, which team is in the worst spot with their main man injured? Oh, worse? Yeah, who's in the worst spot? Okay, not the Bucks then. I think Jaw hurt. I think the Grizzlies are in the worst spot. I think... The Bucks have a deeper bench. I really like how they played in the fourth quarter, well, and really this entire second half without Giannis. I mean, Giannis only played 11 minutes in that game. Chris Middleton and Lopez and Holiday, really, although really Middleton just really showed out 33 points on the game. They actually outscored the Heat in the fourth quarter, and I think if they know going into tonight's game that Giannis is not playing, and even if he is and they're playing him under limited time, they will have that offense already established without him. I like their chances... On the other side, I think the Grizzlies are going to be struggling, especially because they're facing the Lakers. That's that's a lot more dangerous position. I think we both thought that the Lakers are going to take the series anyway. I don't think having Jaw hurt out is going to help the Grizzlies' chances. I, I completely I agree. I kind of didn't answer your question. But <laughs> no, you're. I went the well, you, no, yeah, you said you said you said the Grizzlies are are in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle here, and I completely agree. I I predicted the Lakers winning the series with Jaw and like sort of this bloodbath game seven kind yeah. of atmosphere, and without him, it kind of worries me considering how deeply Jaw centered this offense is. And you know he's a, he's a really a jaw dropping kind of player. The Bucks. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bucks. They and like you said, they've they've proven they can win without Giannis. Yes, they lost to the Heat, and I'm a little bit worried for them if Giannis is out for like three or four games. But they've proven that they've got guys on that team who can step up. Chris Middleton is a very good player. Drew Holiday is the best guard, the best defensive guard in the league. Sorry, Marcus Smart. Um, and they've they've got guys who can step up, and I think that they will be able to tread water until Giannis comes back. Yeah, Grizzlies, they're just not that deep of a team. I'm worried about their guard depth. Tyus Jones, he's all right. The Bucs also get a little bit nervous in playoff play anyway. I mean, if you look at the last several seasons, they often drop the first game or two, even the first home game, which is very frustrating for fans. But honestly, hot take, maybe they would have lost this game with Giannis playing the whole time anyway. They sometimes get a little bit buzzed and nervous, even with the one seed that doesn't necessarily calm that. So they're going to be fine. R-E-L-A-X, it's a Wisconsin State. They'll be fine. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. The, the number two thing is um, this is so weird. This is this is uh, a, another player is out for a game, but not in the way that you're usually out for a game. He's out because he's in the timeout corner. The, the <laughs> Draymond Green. It should be the timeout corner. This guy's been childish. Uh, the, yeah. Draymond Green suspended for game three versus the Kings after um, stomping on Demontis Sabonis and also calling fans in uh, the Golden One Arena. Obscenities. 
which we are not allowed to say on air. So, you know, oopsie daisy. And he Draymond. should never have been saying on the court. Yes, know? exactly. The the two got tangled up in the fourth quarter. Sabonis, it at first looked like he was trying to grab Draymond's leg. Then they showed another angle and it kind of looked like he was shielding his face because I think he knew what was about to happen. And that was Draymond Green just directly into his chest. And I'm just like, why? Why? So, Abigail, is this a justified suspension? Oh, absolutely. I I echo your questioning of why would you do this? Even if it looked like he was trying to grab Green's leg, let him, and it's Green's fault, you don't get ejected from the game, and you don't get suspended the next game. Like, there have been so many weird fights in the NBA this year. And I'm really getting a little bit sick of the argument of like, oh, it's just part of the sport and it's all aggression. They are professional athletes. They are getting paid. This is their job. This is your workplace. Like if this happens anywhere else, like at a (laughs) school or an attorney or a construction worker and you just stomp on the chest of your coworker, that's like grounds for firing. Like your grounds for termination. But you don't just stomp on another person's chest. He's lucky he didn't crack his rib. Uh, Yeah. Like I'm not trying to like come down on the guy I, I like Draymond Green and I don't have anything against him it was just kind of like a what are you doing let me tell you what if I was at a law firm and I saw another <laughs> lawyer stomp on the chest of, a, of another lawyer <laughs> but I, it seems ridiculous no, doesn't it, it? it it does seem a like, little that's bit my ridiculous point. these are professional it's, athletes it's also something you never really see in like college basketball which is pretty interesting is that you know these kids are very well behaved and are taught hey if you do something like that that you're going to get in very big trouble yeah, and they're not even getting paid for it. Yeah. This is their professional job. Like, I played basketball. I understand the aggression gets to your mind, and you want to maybe even just throw the ball. Like, you get heated in the moment, but there's that extra literal step of then stomping on someone's chest that just doesn't feel necessary. Yeah. Do you think it hurts the uh, Warriors' chances? Oh, 100%. I, I think that, you know, Draymond Green is the defensive engine of this team. He always has been. And, you know, he's he's such a presence defensively that somebody's got to step up. And, I mean, maybe Jonathan Kamingo can. Maybe Gary Payton II can. But he, they don't bring that kind of brute strength, that athleticism that Draymond Green brings. And, you know, to me, Draymond's got to know better. You know, it, I think that if this was Andrew Wiggins stomping on the chest of somebody, I don't think he would have got suspended. I think he would have just gotten thrown out of the game, and that would have been fine. But since it's Draymond Green and he has a history of all this dumb stuff. He's already been suspended during a crucial playoff series. He probably lost the Warriors, the 2016 finals, because he got suspended for being a dummy. Yeah, this is a time and place. You got to know where you're at, how this is going to impact your team. And the NBA took their time. It was initially just an ejection from the game, and then after they reviewed it, eventually suspended him. So. The, I don't know. It's just kind of like, come on, dude. Here's what here's what's going to happen. You know the come on man segment of yeah. ESPN Monday Night? This is what this feels yeah. like. Here's what's going to happen is is the Kings are going to attack Steph Curry and Klay Thompson because usually they would have Draymond there to help them out. They don't have that. They're just going to play athletic. They're going to get De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis in that little pick and roll action that they do. Yeah. And they're not going to be able to stop them. They're not going to be able to stop them. And the Warriors could potentially go down three to zero. In a, in a series where a lot of people thought this was going to be a cakewalk in spite of their low seating. I still think they can pull themselves out of that hole, but definitely made it a lot harder. Yeah. Just weird headlines all across the, yeah. all across it. Well, let's, let's focus on the bright side of this. Abigail, who do you think has been the best player so far in the NBA playoffs? Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm looking at your notes. I hadn't checked him yet, and I see where you're going with this, and it's making me smile. I'm going to go Chris Middleton because I love him and I'm just super happy with how he kept his composure. Like we talked about heading into the playoffs, 
really, really strong sharpshooter, has finally kind of found his consistent lane this season more so than any other season. I really liked him on defense against the first game. 33 points led his team by far. And I think he's also going to be the most pivotal player tonight's game against the Heat, uh, regardless of whether or not Giannis is there. Also, I'm not a huge NBA fan, so these are the only games I watched. So Fair enough. Well, I, I honestly, that's, that's a pretty good take. I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard, an absolute dog amongst men. He's been, hard care, he's been hardcore carrying this Clippers roster with Paul George out. You know, Paul George hurt his knee towards the end of the regular season. He's out for the first, first round. He out here on 40 minutes a night over the course. He's played like two games in three, two games in three days. 40 minutes a night, putting up 34.5 points per game, six and a half rebounds, six assists on over 60% shooting. Nobody can guard this man. It's just that the Suns can guard literally everybody else on this roster. The yeah. second best player on this team is Russell Westbrook, who the Utah Jazz said, we'll pay you $20 million to not, pay, to not play for this team. We will pay you... This $20 million if you get out of Utah and go wherever you want, right? And he's been he's been the best player. And that's not to say that he's he's been playing pretty good. But come on. Are you are you serious? They got Eric Gordon out there. Like the third the part of the big three with Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook. There you go. If that this, is the trilogy that if, everyone if this wants was, to hear about. Yeah, if this was twenty if this was five years ago, we'd be like, man, this roster's kinda good. That's the thing. What Westbrook is outdated right now and and the team doesn't realize that. But yeah. Whatever. Kawhi. Somebody, somebody, please, please, for the love, get Kawhi Leonard some help because this man is this man is in 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 basketball purgatory playing for this Clippers he is roster. He's trying so hard to do everything he can for this team. This is just such a dis. I mean, really, they had they've had what one healthy playoff run? Yeah. Literally, they've had one healthy playoff run. Yeah. It was the bubble year. We didn't think they were gonna win though. I mean, even if they're all healthy. I mean, yeah, but still, like, you go back to, like, what was it? Tw beginning of 2020, Kawhi and Paul George both go to the Clippers. Looking at this team, you're saying, oh, my gosh, this is a team. This is, like, a two-headed monster of a team. And this was a Clippers roster yeah. that had very, very good role players. You had Pat Bev. You know, they just traded for Zubac, and he was he was playing very good. I mean, Zubac is still playing very good. But, I mean, this was a very, very deep roster, and everybody was like, man, this is going to be the team that wins the finals. COVID happens. They don't win the finals. 2021 happens. They, like, kind of make a run for it. And then I can't remember. what I think Kawhi got injured, I think, is what happened. And then he was out, like, all of 2022 or something like that. Anyway, the, the point being is that this was – it's kind of like the Nets, but instead of, like, self-causing implosion, you just signed two very injury-prone players, and now – you know this Clippers. This Clippers team is just going to be a big man. Wouldn't it have been crazy if they could have been healthy at the same time? You know. Yeah, it's just a quiet implosion. Not yeah. as aggressive. Just kind of a. Huh. There's there's a lot of those teams that kind of pepper NBA history. Yeah. A lot of those teams where it's like, man, if X star and Y star were healthy together, then maybe we would have seen a big playoff run. But especially as the league trends more toward one or two stars are all you need yeah. you lose those two and then you don't have any money to pay for anyone else and then your team sucks yeah because they, they are paying them a lot of money so speaking of teams we got some nba trivia coming up for you blaze are yeah. you excited i'm i'm very excited i'm a little bit i'm a little bit nervous to see what abigail has planned for me but hey you know what i love a good surprise anyway 
We're not going to dilly-dally any longer. We're going to throw it to break, and then we're going to get to some NBA trivia. Keep it here on Mixed Doubles, KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU, we're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. Hello, this is Pierce Porterfield, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. The, the sound, sound of confusion. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm dead. Hello and welcome back to Mixed Doubles on KCU 88.1 FM. And we're always, always welcoming you back into the jungle because, you know, we are tigers, baby. We're all tigers. Big Tigers guy. Love the Tigers. You know, Mizzou Tigers? Hot take. I really like them. Really? Do you like them? I do. Dude, no way. That's so cool. That's crazy. Can we oh, be friends? What a, co- <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Anyway, uh, Abigail, speaking of speaking of things friends do for each other, you've made a fun little NBA trivia game. We're going to play it real quick, you know, to sort of finish out the show. Play along at home. See if you can beat me. Yeah, I just looked up some random uh, NBA questions. I went through a lot of quizzes because some of these were not very entertaining. And here on Mixed Doubles, we like to add the entertainment. We like to keep it entertaining. So we're doing some trivia mixed with, I'm right now looking at every single NBA team and their mascot and the mascot's animal and its name. So we're going to integrate some of those. Okay, ready? interesting. Okay, let's All right, do it. Number one. And also to make this extra challenging, I'm giving you no multiple choice answers. Okay, fair enough. Who is the only player to score 100 points in a single game? Will Chamberlain. Okay, very good. Bonus, can you name the team and or the year that he played? Uh, Golden State Warriors. Okay, you're close. It wasn't the Golden State oh, Warriors. The San Francisco Warriors? Nope. Oakland? Nope. Bay Area? Nope. Not California. I don't believe. No. What? Philadelphia Warriors. Oh, really? In 1962. What a load of baloney, dude. I know. I didn't even realize that team existed. Did you say 1962? I know. I didn't think he was that old. I thought it. I thought he was like. I thought he was older. Like I don't know. Whenever I hear Wilt Chamberlain facts, I think he played in like the 40s or something. No, March 2nd, 1962, at Hershey Sports Arena in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Shout out Hershey, Pennsylvania. Really fun place to visit. Yeah. The whole town smells like chocolate. All right. You ready for question number two? Of course. Which player almost quit basketball to become a garbage man, but went on to win three NBA championships and MVPs? Um, Larry Bird? Yeah, correct. Hey. I know. I thought that was just a fun little like quiz note. All right. This is easy. Which team won six titles in the 1990s? Oh, the Bulls. Yes, that is so true. Which country was Steve Nash born in? Oh, this surprised me. I didn't realize this. Um, Germany? No. Uh, Australia? No. Uh, 
Kyrie Irving was born in Australia. I found that out. I see. I did figure that out too because I was playing this game where you can be the GM of a basketball team, and I saw the Australian <laughs> flag next to Kyrie Irving, and I'm like, that's not true. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I know. Okay. I found that out while researching. Uh, it was Steve Nash. Uh, what? Uh, what? What was the country? South Africa. Oh, oh, okay, interesting. I didn't realize. All right, ready for your first mascot question. I'm ready. Oklahoma City Thunder, what is their mascot? What is the animal, and then bonus if you get the animal's name? Billy the Buffalo. No, you're so close, though. What's another name for a buffalo? Oh, Billy the Bison? Yeah, Rumble the Bison. Oh, Rumble the Bison. I know, I did not realize that. All right, very, very good. Who wore the number 32 for the Utah Jazz and was teammates with John Stockton? The mailman, no. Carl Malone, yes. That's his. Go. That's his nickname. Oh the my bad, my bad. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> didn't watch the last dance. <laughs> no, I did not. I have to. All right, Orlando Magic. Who are? Who's their mascot? It's kind of random. Isn't it just some giant? Isn't it just a giant basketball? No, it's a creature of some sort. Oh no! It's fun. Oh my gosh! I'm okay. Sorry, I was thinking of the Mavericks mascot. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, it's a dragon. Yes, and his name, or their name, uh. Walt Disney. <laughs> no. Stuff the Magic Dragon. Oh, Stuff the... That's know, so cute. That cute. All right. Back to trivia. Who won the first NBA Finals MVP award despite being on the losing team? Uh, Kareem. No. The first NBA Finals MVP award. Uh, Bill Russell. No. Think Directions. Jerry West? Yep. For the which team? The Lakers. Yes, but speaking of that name, who was the NBA's all-time leading scorer at the end of the 2001 season? This is easy. Kareem? Yep. Oh. Which player started with the Milwaukee Bucks and then played his final 14 seasons? Kareem. That is so true. All right, we got to find another random. These are just kind of fun to look through. Boston Celtics. This is easy. Mascot? Oh, Lucky the Leprechaun. There you go. Houston Rockets. It's like, um, is it, oh my gosh. It looks it's like a, a mouse. It's a bear. Yeah, a bear. it looks a like a mouse, but it is in fact a bear. You are like almost 100%. That concludes NBA trivia. Very proud of you. Congratulations. Wow. Man, I kind of sped through that, huh? I should have I should have given more like dramatic, like, oh my Like gosh. the anticipation. I, I know. know it. I know it in my brain. Those are fun. Anyway, hopefully that trivia kind of sparked some intellectual thinking for y'all. Congratulations as we lead toward the NBA playoffs. They are underway. Hopefully y'all are excited. We got some NHL Stanley Cup playoffs undergoing as well. Yeah. Really kind of interesting season right now. Yeah. And we have the draft coming up. Stay tuned for next Mixed Doubles episode. This is breaking news to Blaze as well. But I really want to do an NFL draft breakdown. I, I also want to do that. Okay. I, I figured I'm, he was going to be on the same page. Same wavelength. I'm, I'm excited. Can we talk about being on the same wavelength? Okay, so here's how a little behind the scenes look at how Mixed Doubles gets produced. About a day slash up to kind of 10 <laughs> hours before each episode, one of us makes a Google Doc with an outline. So uh -huh. I got on this morning and made an outline with our headlines. Throughout the morning, Blaze kept texting me headlines that he wanted to include, every single one of which I'd already put on the outline. That is called being on the same wavelength. That, it really was. And then we had a little bit of an argument because I said, okay, yo. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to get into this part. Okay, because I said, I said, oh, it's like Batman and Robin. And then, because I didn't want somebody to feel bad about being Robin, I said, oh, we're like Batman and Batgirl. And then you said, no, I don't feel like I deserve the title of Batgirl. But you also called me Robin. So really, I was like, okay, her. Hurtful. Why wouldn't you take the other example? And then I suggest 
custody. Hey, remember when Robin turns into like Nightwing because he grows up and becomes like really cool epic Robin? I'm like, this is so me. And then you said respectfully, that is not you. So what is what is your thing? Why? I just feel like personality wise, we don't represent the Batman universe at all. Okay. Like that is just not the superheroes that either of us really reflect. And no offense, but that character is just, it's not you. Like, you looked a picture. No. no. What? What? I think it is me. In I, what ways? I get more, like, Flash personality from you. Flash? Which is a compliment. Yeah. I feel like Blaze Fields, I think, like Flash. Yeah. What superhero do I recommend, or, like, reflect? This is a good question. This is a very good question. I think... I don't, the first one that jumped out to me was Wonder Woman, but that's kind of like a basic, like... Hey, I'll take it, though. Yeah, I would say, you know, you're pretty noble. Got the lasso of truth, all that stuff. Do you have an invisible jet? I don't. Well, I can't tell you. It's a uh, secret. Oh, okay. So, she does. Gotta find that. <laughs> um, Man, I, I don't know. I th This is tough. This is actually really tough. I What's... Is it Sue Richards, the one who is um Fantastic Four? Oh, I don't know. I'm like fairly pot like the the fantastic. I don't I don't know why I get that vibe too. It's just I think she's just smart, so it's just one of those things. Oh, thank you. See, that was sweet. Now I feel bad about my Robin comment. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely should. I've been nothing but nice to you, and you compare me to the, a, a twelve year old in tights running around with Batman. Like, oh, what's this Batman? And he's like, it's the Joker. <laughs> but I feel like you're underrated. Like the sidekick never gets the credit, but like does all the good work for the superhero. You help the superhero shine. I, there's other like sidekicks. I'm pretty sure. Okay, fair. Well, a lot of them are actually, like little dogs or animals. Actually, you're right. There's there's not really actually any like sidekicks. Like the gecko and like Tangled or like the chameleon, whatever. Dude, what a load of what a just a load of baloney. <laughs> we we should figure out better analogies for comparing each other. Maybe like, we'll add that to our fun section next time once we both have time to like percolate really, with those questions. Really think about it. Yeah. Okay. All right, that'll be our special segment. If you if 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 we're going if we're going peanut butter and jelly, are you peanut butter or jelly? I'm strawberry jam. Okay, so you're jam apparent. Okay, well, you got a weirdo over here. He's in jam. No, I'm I'm just kidding. Jam's actually pretty good. I guess I would be peanut butter, and then we'll say um, I, I'm trying to figure out who would. In, Tommy's the bread. Tommy and Ruthie are both slices of bread. Yeah, like nice sourdough or like yeah brioche. Brioche. I do love good brioche. It's a good word. All right, y'all. It's a great word. We're going to let you yeah, go. <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta dip out of here. As always, thank you so much for listening to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. You know where to find us. Mixed Doubles underscore KCOU on Instagram. Um, you know, we, 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 we be putting out some, we'd be putting out some banger, uh, banger content on there. So, you know, give it, give it a look. Exclusive content, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. Now, we're here every Wednesday, 2 o'clock. Check us out. Anyway, bye. This was Mixed Doubles, and this is WYD featuring Sabo.